Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt are the perfect fits for this Packers defense. That's according to Ollie Connolly from the Read Optional. He makes his case next. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Polo Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, Ali Connolly from the Read optional you can find his work um at, at that substack it's the readoptional.substack.com he does outstanding work and has a bit of a love affair for Matt LaFleur um and thinks Matt LaFleur is really great um that's actually not why I'm having him on I'm having him on because he wrote uh some uh, really in-depth uh, mock draft well, not mock draft but some in-depth draft thoughts it was a bit of a draft grades kind of piece, but he took his time and I really appreciated that, that he he went back and watched the tape and thought about the fits and didn't just shoot from the hip the day after. Um, it's a really in-depth piece of, of football writing. And so I would, I highly recommend you go check that out. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. It is our Summer Friday series, so we are not going to waste any more time. We are going to get to our conversation with Ali. Before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports. Sports info. It is the best place to go bet on basketball. The NBA is wild right now, and you can bet NBA futures. You can bet all kinds of crazy stuff. You can bet on baseball. We've got golf. We've got racing, um, MMA. There's huge fights coming up here. So a lot to get to at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joining me now, you can read him at the read optional. He is the managing editor at Gridiron, which is a great football resource for people across the pond which is the last time I will say that. Ali Connolly joins me now. Ali, it is it is great to have you here. And you just put out a, what? let me say, I, I really appreciated that you waited, did all of the work to research all of these picks and put together a really thoughtful first round recap of uh, what went on in the NFL draft. I think a lot of people immediately go out and say, here's all my my thoughts. They throw them up on a on a WordPress, and there you go. And it's just sort of like, no, let's let's have some sort of uh, uh, considered discussion about this. So thank you for that. And the reason that you're here is because you had a lot to say about Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. I want to start with Quay Walker. You said something that really stood out to me. You thought he could be the steal of this draft. Why? Why do you think that? Well, I think if you look at where the league is from an evolutionary standpoint, and I've been banging this drum for two years now with the NFL draft as it relates to linebackers, I think 
defensive football and college football has changed so much in 36 months that people aren't quite up to date with where that is at. And linebackers are now so specific to certain roles. And so in the league, you know, the linebacker boards are all over the place. People worried about, wondered why N'Kobe Dean slid. And I know he had the pec injury, but there's people, David Ajabo tore his Achilles and he got drafted in the second round, right? It, it's so particular to the run fits, what's happening uh, in college football to the NFL. They are just different worlds now. And it reminds me somewhat of spread option QBs when they were first coming through and they were system guys. And then now they can play in any system. That's kind of where we're going through. And I say that to say, Gray Walker essentially fits whatever thing you want out of him. Now, is he a down the hill, early down plugger? You know, the whole league now is saying they want to get to bear somehow, right? So five or six down guys. And if you do that pre-snap with some big fellas or you fast fit and you plug someone down really quick, he's not that guy, but he can play the one off that, which is what most teams go to now, either a five, two or a six, one box and just have one guy say, I'm playing cleanup duty right across the field. Wherever you need me to go, I will be there. And it's less uh, systematized in, in terms of where they will hit the gap essentially so that's where he can have a really impactful role right away and then in coverage you know we just don't have these creatures we thought we would have that could cover the tight ends right we we forever we heard this thing these isaiah simmons is oh they, mm -hmm. they can match with running backs out of the backfield they're big enough to match the tight ends nope those guys are <laughs> wide open all over the place and the league has decided you know what those guys are wide open all over the place what are we doing we're all going to play spot drop zone, keep everyone in front of us. And what do you get? Devondre Campbell goes from an afterthought to a super duper star, right? Because we're playing tons of cover four, playing tons of uh, cover two, and we're just going to play basketball and get our arms as wide as possible, as long as possible, stick them in passing lanes, look really massive, and hope that QBs either can't throw beside us or over us. So he has all that, right? It's the exact physical profile you would ever want in terms of mugging up passing lanes and being either a dropper or a blitzer. So I just think he has so many innate athletic tools. And then when you look at his specific role in that Georgia defense, now that crossovers to A, what the Packers want to do, and then B, what the league wants writ large. And he's the one I think in a year's time, the rest of the league is looking around and particularly fan base is going, man, why did we not take a gamble on that guy who's athletic freak out of the best defense in college football history? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and the, the defense part, the scheme part, you wrote something in in your mock also that I thought was interesting that I that I want to have you expand on, and that is that you think Green Bay, and I, I agree with you by the way, has been aggressive in um, sort of appropriating some of the college styles. The NFL can often be slow to see what colleges do to handle offenses, especially the spread offenses. They were slow to adopt the spread offense on offense, and now they've been slow to adopt the ways that that college defenses have found to combat that. What do you see Green Bay doing in terms of borrowing from what we're seeing in college as a way to try and combat these spread open offenses? Well, on the back end, you have the two then spin, which isn't really college, but you can play with one deep safety in the NFL in college. It's really hard to get away with that. You need to have someone really special like Earl Thomas at Texas or something like that. Most of those guys in college play quarters in the NFL. We see a ton of too deep stuff now, but it is really in the NFL. Everyone's talking about too deep, too deep, too deep. They don't really stay in too deep a whole lot. I mean, they will do four, six or the, the classic ones, but you go even through the figures I was doing this last week. The Saints ran two-man, which is like their big thing. You talk to any football nerd, <laughs> Saints, two-man, two-man, two-man. They ran it 95 snaps. 
you know, it's a game, you know, it's, right. it's not a lot of snaps. It's the two and the spin. So it's a bit different than college where that college like now is just the B gap bubble. That's where all run plays are designed in the modern game. It's going to the B gap outside of the Pats who run 95% of their runs to the A gap because Belichick wants to run the Navy offense in 2022. <laughs> Everything's to the B gap or it balances to the C gap, right? Or there's a cutback lane. So you have to fill the B gap bubble. And that's usually by what? What, what they do in college is they'll play with three down guys. The two four eyes is the classic thing there. In the NFL, it's just too hard. You would just get crushed if you played with three down linemen. So you will play, as I said, with the bear from wherever it's five, or you'll do six if you feel it's necessary, or you'll do four, but you get to the fifth spot at the snap, essentially. You call it a fast fit. So a linebacker, or you do the crazy staley stuff where the safety comes down and fast fits the A gap and you kick everyone across. So that's kind of where it's at. And I, the biggest thing they've done, which really impresses me defensively, is just figuring out what everyone does best and then kind of hoping for the best. I think what they've done with Rashawn Gary is an unbelievable example of saying, this guy is not a dip and rip brusher. Why were we trying to do dip and rip brusher who then kicks inside like Michael Bennett on third downs? He just cannot do it. What can he do? Let's widen his alignment. He wants to run through everyone's chest. Let's widen the alignment. And if it looks funky where the other end is closer to the line of scrimmage, but Rashawn is further outside, stood up, arm on the ground, whatever he wants to do, let's get him as wide as possible. So he's then running through the chest of someone on that crunch rush, they call it, into the path of the quarterback. Everything with him has been about getting him vertical onto QB, which is what happened with Jadevian Clowney when he's played his best football, essentially. That kind of tiny change, which then has him going on and have like an 80 pressure season, which is the elite of the elite level out of nowhere. And that was not a Gary guy coming into the NFL, but that that's what unlocks him. You, you do one change, you say, what do you do best? The Trey Hendrickson thing, go and play that kind of football. So yeah. uh, those kind of micro details is is really impressive even more than the holistic like what are they doing from a from a big picture schematic approach i think that widened alignment also has to do with he can he can occasionally get a little aggressive crashing down in in run plays that are opposite and he can get cut back and then the boot stuff so if he's a little wider he's got more ground to care more ground to cover and is less out of position yeah. if he does guess wrong um the other part of that is and we're seeing this a lot from defenses around the league is they're going to play you know they might play wide nine but then they're going to they're going to muck up the middle of the field. So you're not going to run outside and then we're going to throw bodies in in the B gaps. We're seeing these tight fronts and and try and figure out okay, if if we are going to play light-ish boxes, if we're going to only come with four, we got to run games, we have to run twists, we have to run stunts. That's where I think Devonte Wyatt comes in and you wrote about that in your in your piece. He's he's a one-trick pony, but that one trick is really good. Yeah. And that's all Green Bay needs, right? If they can get oomph on third down, then that's a wrap. What what else do they what else is needed? You're trying to find an all oh, let's go find Ndomaking Sue is not gonna happen, right? The guy comes around <laughs> twice in a lifetime, it's him, it's Donald. Right. So the thing you're gonna get the all-around guy in the what was it, 28, something like that, I think, overall in the draft. It's just mm -hmm. good luck with that. Getting a guy who has that get off and go, as you said, if you go into a four-down split front, kind of what San Fran does, and then maybe you drop you mug the, the A gap to just, uh, I almost swore that bleep up the protection, I'll say. Um, mm -hmm. Then that's nasty, right? One-on-one. <laughs> on one. The thing he has, which is just unnatural, is the bend inside. You don't see guys bend the way he does. Like you said, if he's the second man through, if he's the looper, that is impossible to defend. Because if you're already out your stance as an interior lineman, it's just hard to re-sync back down to the level he can get to. Now in a phone box, that's where you hear about the run stuff because it's just a leverage play and he's just not that kind of player. But if he's the looper and that's what the third down package is now, as you said, right? It's games, it's stunts, it's twists, it's 
simulate depression. It's all that fancy stuff. That's where he will be a, a wrecking machine. And with him, my projection would be the, you know, maybe he takes some time during the season, maybe week six, people going, why do you spend a first round pick on this guy? And then you get to the playoffs and it's all four man rush to win in the playoffs. Right. And he just makes two or three big players where you say, you know what? We are now in a legacy timeline. We're winning Super Bowls or we're not. And having a guy come in for us in year one and make three big playoff plays that 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 is worth it. Yeah. And, and they have made plenty of investment in defense. I mean, I was just talking about this the other day um, on, on an interview. If you look at their first round picks, Darnell Savage, first round pick, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, first round pick, Kenny Clark, first round pick, Devontae Wyatt, first round pick, Quay Walker, first round pick, like that whole defense now is first round picks. Is that proof that those guys are going to be good? No, but luckily Kenny Clark is awesome. Jair Alexander is awesome. <laughs> Darnell Savage is, is he was not as good last year as he was in 20, but he he can be an awesome player and they love him there. Where do you think for them defensively, like one of the things that I was frustrated with at times last year was they would, they would play Baker Mayfield and Tyler Huntley the same way that they played Matthew Stafford and, and they played it a little passively. I wanted to see them a little at times, get a little more aggressive and say, we're not going to give you an eight yard cushion on some of this stuff. What do you think now that they have all of this talent, the next, the, the way that they push this defense forward, the way that it evolves so that it can maximize what I think universally people agree is one of the most talented groups in the league. Yeah, it's funny because you go through the buzzwords of what you like about them. It's long, it's malleable, right? They're explosive. As you mentioned, the thing about picking in the first round, whether they're good or not, they're going to be great athletes because mm-hmm. the NFL isn't taking bad athletes in the first round unless it's Brandon Whedon, who's like a 40-year-old quarterback <laughs> at the Browns. Right? You only take great athletes in the first round. So we know that. The thing is, like you said, well, on third down, can we just body up? Are we good enough to just body up, take away all the fun in the games and the creative coverages and all that stuff? Can we play man-to-man cover one in the NFL on third down the playoffs? That's how you win in the playoffs. That's, that's how the Niners have got got in the past is that they also have had to play passive because they don't trust their cornerback room. You just cannot do that in the postseason in the NFL. So that is an open question. Now, when you have Jair, you think you could play maybe five over three on the other side and you just resource it, right? That you have one guy take away one side of the field, all the resources to the side of the field, the only issue there is, as we see with the likes of McVeigh, is they're just too good now. They're too good at getting guys open through play design. They know exactly, well, if you're going to plant Jay on one side of the field, I'll now stick four on the other side. Now we're in a real bind. What do we do? Do we lighten the box? No problem. We'll run through the box. It's a tough one. So that's the only question mark to me, is that you have to have three unbelievable coverage guys. And one of them has to be one of your safeties who you're comfortable either playing in a half field situation and then playing man-to-man. Finding that guy is really hard. You're looking at Malcolm Jenkins last year in New Orleans. You, you, the list gets thin. It's supposed really to be fast. Savage, but he was not great, especially yeah. in man last year. Like Mark Andrews took his lunch and that's what you're theoretically have Darnell Savage there for. Yes. And if you look at just the weapons in the NFC, the idea of we'll double the best guy, we'll take the other guy. Okay, you tell me who's the best. Okay, is it Cooper Cup? Is it going to be Allen Robinson one on one? Is it going to be if they re-sign Odell Beckham? Mm. You tell me. I'm Cup seems like the one, but I don't feel comfortable leaving the other guys one on one either. So that will be the only question mark: is how does that secondary hold up in empty essentially? Because that's what they will face at some point, particularly if it's going through the Rams or it's going through the books. They will get into empty as much as they want to, and if they feel that's the way forward. And do you have five guys who can stand up in man-to-man coverage and shut that down? Yeah, and the Packers didn't the last time they played the Bucks, but that was when Kevin King was heavily involved. He is no longer, um, and, and that is, I think, good for this Packers defense. 
let's let's flip um, as we finish up the side of of the ball here because I know that you are um, a really big fan of what Matt Lafleur's offense has looked like, the way that he has tweaked it, um, and and what I think is really cool is. Although sometimes in game, he can be a little slow to adjust week to week and season to season. They've, they've done a lot of really cool things. When you think about the best way for this offense to uh, uh, the phrase I keep using is ham and egg it. That's a golf phrase um, without Devontae Adams. What do you think the best way for them is to attack defenses when you don't have this virtuoso guy on the outside who you can play on the slot? You can play on the outside. You can put him put him wherever you want. And, you know, yeah. he's going to win his one on one matchup every rep. As simple as them last year saying, we, we just make him a punt return. We're going to run, you know, four bubbles a game. We'll just pop it to him as the standalone guy because they're sat six yards off and then good luck with that. I really don't know. I've had this conversation a lot. How do you recreate him in the aggregate? You can't. He's the best receiver in the league. He was used in a way no one else was used in the league. That's just not replicable. The only thing you can lean into is how special they have been at finding new ways forward, which is that multi-tiered passing system. I've written about a ton on the read option. People can go read rather than me boring them to death with a long explanation here. Deciding immediately, getting just flamed by the Saints in week one. Uh-oh, we, what's happened? Okay, the wide zone then boot system, that's in trouble. How about we ditch that? We bring in a ton of new counter designs. We're going to bring in this four-by-one setup, which no one other than McVay was using, where it's four guys one side of the field, one on the other, and we'll hide Devonte in the play design right? He's going to be hidden in amongst the four, so they can't double him. So that is Dante specific, Devante specific, sorry, but it's just emblematic of the thinking. So you can win through play design, right? In the regular season. The question is, as we said before, in terms of defensively, do they have the guys then to win one-on-one in the postseason? That would be the, the big, big, big concern. You can run all the cool, fancy second progression designs they've run in the regular season. I think they could toast people you know, to, to 14 wins a season happily without Devontae doing that for the next four or five years. The regular season, when it's one-on-one to the perimeter, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. You know who else is not so sure about that? A lot of Packer fans. So uh, you are certainly uh, not alone in that. Um, I don't know how much Julio Jones would would help in that, but but maybe and maybe that is something that they're that they're here considering. I have to ask you um, because uh, I I made some some of my friends, especially in the UK, mad with something I said the other day, and that was if the if the US this is something that that people in the UK hate that Americans say. That if the U.S. devoted all of the resources and energy and cultural stakes that they do to football and basketball to putting the best athletes in soccer, that they would have the same sort of dominance that the women that the women have. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna have. I'm not even gonna respond. I just want you to tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, I mean the the best teams in the history of the game on. Uh, on exactly teams that are laden with resources you know I, I, those guys in brazil they'll play with rolled up socks and a coke can crunched up so i'm not so sure resources changes that kind of 200 years of institutional knowledge from portuguese people taking boats over to brazil and showing them the game so could it be done probably it would probably take 200 years. You know, the great test case here is someone like the, the, the Qatar or these Middle Eastern countries who are now pouring extraordinary more resources than anyone on earth to try and field a World Cup team. And they just got beat by a club in Northern Ireland as they warm up to, to prepare for playing in the World Cup this uh, this winter. So resources, I'm not so sure. Now, 
Would Steve Nash have been amazing? Probably. Would Russell Westbrook terrify me as the best player in the world? I think so. <laughs> I think he would be the best player in the world, probably. Um, but getting a cohesive collective together, as we've seen with America, whether it's the Ryder Cup or any sort of team situation, that's usually where it falls down. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that it would be a better team, but it would not not be out of the Brazilians long term. Okay. I, I accept that. I really do. I, I, and I think the world cup example from a couple of years ago when Brazil had this basically all-star team and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even think they made it to like the round of eight in the world yeah. cup because that's just not how this works. All right. Ali Connolly, the read optional. Um, I, I highly recommend people to read the stuff there. And and we were joking before we came on, or you were joking that, that you have some people who complain about how much you write about Matt LaFleur. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you want, if you want, um, great insight on that offense, um, Ali does a great job covering it. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Thanks to Ali again for joining the show. It was great to talk to him. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't mean a break in the action. We are coming up here on training camp. It is just a few weeks away by the time you talk to me next. It will be July um, and that is very exciting. That is very exciting for a number of reasons because it means football is coming back soon and it also means that we've got a lot more to talk about to preview training camp to get to the pads actually coming on all of the good stuff. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.